That's and right, Discorder. Delicious we had. Yeah. <laughs> we always wanted a magazine like that back in the day. Man, yeah. My campus radio roots go deep. We just actually reformatted the, the Discorder, so it's now in this new cool zine size, and we're really oh, excited about it. Yeah. yeah, that was always the cool thing when it came into the station. We're always like, oh man, this is so cool. <laughs> How do we get this going? And it's, it's really cool that it's all like, we've been sponsored and everything. Yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. really fun. This is Sasha Bullard, and you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My love for you is not dead. The universe is the interior of the light cone of creation. The universe is the interior light cone of creation. The universe is the interior of the light cone of creation. The universe is the interior Oh, my God. 
So off a limited edition tour EP sold only during a tour supporting their 2006 album The Rose Has Teeth in the Mouth of the Beast. That was Matmos, along with vocalist David Tibet from the act Current 93, and that track was Messages from the Unseen World. And Matmos is the duo of Drew Daniel and MC Schmidt, electronic producers who met in San Francisco but are now based in Baltimore, Maryland. And the text from Messages from the Unseen World is taken from a series of desperate postcards sent by Alan Turing to his friend Robin Gandhi towards the end of his life. And Tibet repeats some of the statements that were written on the postcards themselves as mantras to further break their meaning apart. And Matmos released their self-titled debut album back in 1997, melding ambient techno music with field recordings and relying a bit of a music concrete effect, including using samples of hair being cut along with crayfish nervous systems. One of their most famous albums to use that effect was 2001's A Chance to Cut is a Chance to Cure, whereby they almost exclusively used samples used from medical procedures, including plastic surgery, liposuction, hearing tests, and bone saws. And they've remixed and produced and toured with Bjork, particularly during her Vespertine and Medulla album periods. And actually later on in the show, we'll touch upon Bjork's latest collaborators. And Matt Muscle's latest album is The Marriage of True Minds, which continues on with their sort of playful approach to things, because the idea with that album was they were attempting to telepathically communicate their intentions for the record to test subjects. What they did then is they recorded any images and sounds from those test subjects about what they received, and then recorded what they could. And we'll actually touch upon Alan Turing shortly here. Otherwise, in the background, this is Calgary's Valsica with Midnight False Creek, and that's off the 2013 Shift album. Of course, it's pretty cold in Calgary right now. Some of our guests in the studio are about to mention, but before anything else, let me introduce what's going on here. So, hi. Welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematically-inspired program here found on UBC's computational community radio station, CITR 11.9 FM in Vancouver. 
Broadcasting at 590 watts here from UBC campus, the lower mainland of British Columbia here in Canada. Elsewhere, you can find us on the web at www.citr.ca. My name is Gak, and I'll be cracking every possible code you can throw my way for the next couple of hours, so strap yourselves down for possible erratic, encoded transmissions. Phone number for the station for those of you listening live is 604-822-2487. Do keep it short and sweet and to the point, but you can email me anytime at RadioFreeGak at gmail.com. So hopefully you're having a warm and dry family day. And of course, somehow British Columbia picked the week ahead of everyone else's holiday. So I know some of you probably had to work today, but hopefully at least managed to develop a new tradition with what's going on. So we're going to continue on with our annual profile on the best original scores and songs up for an Oscar at the 87th Annual Academy Awards, set to be handed out two weeks from now. In the past few weeks, we've heard from Johan Johansson's Golden Globe winning score to The Theory of Everything, Hans Zimmer's work for Interstellar, and then Alexander Desplat's Balalaika-inspired music from the Grand Budapest Hotel. And this week, we're going to listen to the other nominated score by Desplat, this time for the film The Imitation Game which looks at Alan Turing's life as a codebreaker during World War II, deciphering German transmissions with breaking the Enigma machine based on Polish technology and British gumption. And the imitation game is up for eight Oscars in total. So later on, maybe around 8.30 or so, we'll listen and talk about the man who inspired modern computing and all the wonderful stuff tied to artificial intelligence. Otherwise, we will also continue to look at the five nominated songs and this time we'll look at the film Beyond the Lights. But we'll also include a song that should have been considered as a nominee from the latest part of the Hunger Games series. But as I mentioned, we do have some guests in the studio here, so I'd like them to introduce themselves. Hi there, this is Chris Anthony. Uh, hello there, this is Leonardo. Welcome, boys. What brings you to the station? So we'll start off actually with... Uh, Leonardo, because I believe he's traveled the longest to get here. So, Leonardo, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, um, but I live in Brasilia, the capital. So I travel over uh, 12,000 kilometers to be here in Vancouver. So You've I'm left sunny, tropical Brazil. Benvenuto? I'm totally screwing up the Brazilian. <laughs> Benvenuto, I believe it is. Benvenuto. Benvenuto, okay. Yeah. So what brings you to Vancouver this time of year? Well, actually, oh, I just uh, finished an application for the journalism school. So, um, you and since uh, uh, since I'm on vacation here, I was in Calgary last week because I'm I'm diehard Calgary Flames fan. I had to see them. Whoa, Flames fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, actually, yeah. this is probably the Flames' kind of closest year they've had in a while. Yeah. Just they're... just be thankful he's not an Oilers fan <laughs> like me. <laughs> So you are a potential UBC student then? Yeah, so um, why not come here, right? Since I made an application, I was, I was already going to be in Calgary, so not that far from Vancouver, so why not? So Nice. Do you have yeah. any background in journalism already at this point? Yeah, I, it's, it's my bachelor, so I, oh, I, nice. I wanted to continue to keep growing and learning. So, you know, yeah, let's see. Hoping to keep thriving on. on the <laughs> Excellent. And how did you discover CITR? All the way in Brasilia or Rio de Janeiro. So, um, back, I discovered CITR last May. Um, well, it's a, quite an awkward story, but uh, when I, I grew up in the 90s, so um, 
Uh, I used to to watch a show um, yeah. which was shot in Alberta in Calgary, but uh, in the Nickelodeons in the in the early 2000s and uh, some uh, and what I liked uh, was uh, that uh, all the the bands that played in the soundtrack uh, they were all indie Canadian bands from the 90s. So, so the new pornographers were just starting; they just had released Mass Romantic and so. And uh, well, and this year I I this show didn't make big, so I found a guy who posted on the web, and I re I I really listened to the song. So I so, well, what is this guy doing right now? So my curiosity. So I mean, I I knew that the new pornographers made it big, so there was, and then I, well, then I found a, a contact of Sarah Lapsley. She oh, used to right. be a host here. That's right. I forget uh, the name of her show, but yeah, Sarah Lapsley yeah, was, was here like. She Over 10 years ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was the host of uh, the Arts Report. Right. Now there's a new guy there. Anyways, I sent her an email, and she said that she had a, had, she had a show, and I started listening to it. And for my own curiosity, I started to listen to others, like yours, Anita's, and uh, Val's for places, and Nardwars, Words, nice. and many others. So. Excellent. Oh, wow. that's and somehow we've managed to rope you up all the way here. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, honored to be here. Excellent. Well, thanks for stopping by and reaching out to me and joining me. Yeah. Now, Chris. Yes. Uh, I traveled here from the faraway uh, haunts of East Vancouver. Oh, yeah. 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 Kind of my neck of the woods a there. Full 20 minutes <laughs> by car. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I work with you, Gary, and I heard you doing a radio station, and I did a radio station back in my college days. And uh, Yeah. Where did you have a show? Like, I was it CIUT? CHRW, University of Western Ontario. Oh, Western. Okay. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I had uh, shows there on my entire Star Trek five-year plan that I was there. Oh, nice. So, well, uh, so what kind of shows did you have? Like, do you remember uh, the names? And uh, Well, the main show I had was called Tinfoil Cucumber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Great was name. A, yeah, that was the... Well, originally started, it was a seven and nine, and then we got the uh, pumped up to a full drive time of like nine to twelve. Uh, wow. On, uh, on uh, Thursday, be Thursdays and Fridays, I think, eventually. Okay. And then I had a couple other radio shows. I did a jazz show with a friend of mine called Zoltan. It was called the Zoltanic Experience. And uh, <laughs> then we had a late night techno ambient show, which I honestly can't remember. It might have been Dolphin Intelligence Network. Uh, Great show. names. Yeah. <laughs> I think half the, half, the, half the benefit of having a, a campus radio show is that it needs a standout name. So. Exactly. So, yeah, the Zoltanic hour <laughs> Zotanic jazz experience yeah jazz that was experience. that was great because uh he had the show after one of my my morning shows and we just got to be friends and uh we love the fact that we, he had a jazz show and neither one of us were technically jazz aficionados like we knew the standards miles davis mingus uh right. Monk. but beyond that so the first half of the show was playing sort of some standard stuff some requests and that and then the second half of the show before the show would start, we would go into the record uh, library and go through the jazz stacks and literally grab albums based on the record cover. And uh, randomly well, that's pick one a way song. of playing. Yeah, we found fascinating so. stuff. Like, really. Like, so, sure, half of it was painful, but uh, the other half was really interesting. Nice. Yeah. Well, good for you. So at some point, you actually are considering doing a show here as well, too, right? Yeah, I think I'd like to, uh, yeah, put in the training in that and see see what kind of slots are available okay. and hopefully see if something works out. Do yeah. you have a sort of a concept that you have in mind at this point right now? Not at the moment, no. Okay. No, I'm, kind of see what, I'm still trying to get used to what's on CEITR right now. Of course. So I'm to see what kind of maybe gaps there are that I can fill. There's always usually something. We're always, uh, yeah. We always need something. I mean, we have a wide, diverse programming slate mm -hmm. available. 
But a lot of times it's what, you know, what's missing and then what you bring up to the table as well, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a fairly uh, flexible musical taste, uh, eclectic, as they say. So, yeah, I'd like, to try, I'd like to try to find something that's not being played already. So, you know. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play some stuff right now that <laughs> you can say, I'm not going to do that at all. So one of the things that uh, CITR is known for in Vancouver is uh, hosting a little Battle of the Bands competition known as Shindig. And just this past Friday, we had the Shindig Finals, the 31st at the Hindenburg, and uh, we had a winner. They are called Still Creek Murder, and at this point right now, they win some studio time, some live showcases, and some other quality services uh, just to get their music a little bit wider profile. So congratulations to them, the other finalists, Kim Milk and Feng Shui, uh, everyone else who participated, and of course, everyone who attended as well, too. So uh, from their self-titled EP, or actually self-released EP to Shreds, these will be the Shindig winners, Still Creek Murder with Stripes here on CITR 11.9 FM in Vancouver.
Study and Go Abroad Fairs back on Wednesday, February 25th. You can meet face-to-face with top universities from around the world and start planning to travel. Learn about degrees in law, medicine, health sciences, arts, technology, pharmacy, business, hotel management, and much more. Check out our travel zone for volunteering, language programs, adventure travel, and work abroad. For more info, visit www.studyandgoabroad.com. And admission is free. A Jihad for Love, Whitewater Black Gold, A Red Girl's Guide to Reasoning, East Hastings Pharmacy, Ai Weiwei, Never Sorry, Misrepresentation. Cinema Politica UBC screens politically charged films with speakers and discussions every month. Screenings take place at the Norm Theatre in the sub and are by donation. To learn more, visit cinemapolitica.org slash UBC.
Well, I won't be free on my last day. I found the light, I found the way, and it's found a place. Well, I won't be free on my last day. Taking their name from an agriculture exhibition that takes place in southern Ontario near Newmarket each year. That was the Schomburg Fair, with the title track to last year's I Won't Be Afraid. And the Toronto Trio went on record to state that I Won't Be Afraid was the album they had hoped to make after eight years of being together. To the point the band announced an indefinite hiatus after its release. So that's something to be said about going out on your own terms. And behind me, somewhat close to Brazil... This is Argentine's, Argentina's Sebastian Codex off this year's Tan Normal EP. This is Escapar, El Segundo Intento. And uh, Sebastian Codex, I think, started following me on Twitter a couple weeks ago. So at that point, I'm like, oh, he's a musician. Let's see what kind of music he has. And it works that way. And at this point, I think Leonardo connected via Twitter to what was going on here. So it's a case of, like, using Twitter to connect out and reach out people that way. So... Leonardo, you're an extensive Twitter user then, right? Yep. Yeah, I use it a lot. And uh, what have you discovered via using Twitter or online media in general? Well, uh, all my connections from abroad I discover via social media. I think, uh, I mean, I think if you use it the right way, it can be very helpful. So, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm beyond borders right now. So, wow, I'm here. That's right. So, uh, so. That's right. We are Earth citizens at this point, uh, so... Perhaps as part of your dolphin intelligence <laughs> network thing there, Chris. That would have fit in, yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Gak. Uh, right now I'm joined by Leonardo and Chris. They are joining me for this episode of Exploding Head Movies as curious onlookers, prospective programmers, or at the very least uh, UBC uh, applicants. Yeah, I'm trying to show them the ropes at this point right now. Mm-hmm. All I seem to be doing is just putting it on the spot and making <laughs> well, it twitch I'm, that I'm way. I'm past the point of being a UBC applicant. There. So. <laughs> Chris is around my age, I believe. So we won't share birth ages or zodiac signs or anything like that. But yeah, we're seasoned individuals, let's say. Uh, either of you guys know the John Spencer Blues Explosion? Oh, yes. No, that's okay. That's all right. They've been around for a while and they actually were kind of on a bit of a hiatus as of late. But uh, they were a big part of the 90s New York scene. And part of the reason I talk about them is they are back. Oh, really? Yeah, so um, they actually had a 2012 comeback album called Meat and Bone, and uh, they actually played Vancouver a couple of years ago. And they spent some time at the Daptone House of Soul recently to record a new album. Oh. So you think about Sharon Jones, Dap Daptone, Kings, yeah. all the Daptone folks there. Well, John Spencer Blues Explosion recorded an album called Freedom Tower, No Wave Dance Party 2015. It should be coming out at the end of March, and it's kind of a reactionary statement kind of promoting reverse gentrification as they try to harken back I could see that, yeah. to uh, kind of like the 70s and 80s New York art scene. Sort of think about like CBGB's, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat, mm-hmm. all those sort of elements that way. So I believe a tour may be due soon, but we'll see what's going on that way. But uh, right now a single has come out from that. So from off the forthcoming Freedom Tower, No Wave Dance Party 2015, 
This will be the Blues Explosion with Do the Get Down here on CITR, UBC Campus Radio here in Vancouver. Sustainability Fair is a celebration of student engagement and initiatives in sustainability. We aim to inspire everyone to get involved with sustainability in their own personal way. With activities and displays, participants will explore involvement opportunities and learn how to incorporate sustainability in studies, work, and lifestyle. Visit the fair this February 10th from 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. in the UBC Student Union Building, Main Concourse. El show de Leo Ramírez, lunes 4 a 5 de la tarde en el 101.9 FM, CITR. The Leo Ramírez Show, Monday, 4 to 5 p.m. 
at 101.9 FM CITR. Went to Halifax there, off their 2013 self-titled debut. That was Monomyth with Cigarette. And uh, that act had recently signed on to Vancouver's own Mint Records with the release of Serenalia Regalia. And if you are in Ottawa this Friday, remember it is Friday the 13th. Haha, they're playing Gabba. Hey. And in the background here, this is Claude Denjean with his Mogi take on the Archie's classic Sugar Sugar. Originally found on his 1970 album Moog, but also found on the switched-on basic hip compilation. Just highlighting a time when everyone just wanted wacky synths and Tijuana brass. So now we're going to talk about some shows that are happening it's in the good old days. The very good old days. <laughs> just when you could find that, basically everyone's parents' record collection that way. So, uh, Leonardo, since you're in Vancouver, you're going to be checking out any shows while you're here. I don't know. I was, I was supposed to be on Saturday at the Fox Theater, but I was so tired, and I and then I I didn't go to that's, the data plan. Well, you flew that day here, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. That's totally understandable. Yeah. 
I know, I know Ariel Pink, he's here on Wednesday. I might go, I don't know, because I'm going to be here, so I don't know what's going to happen. So. Okay. Well, there's a lot uh, of choices that way, yeah, so yeah. So. We're actually going to play some Ariel Pink soon, uh, but uh, in the case of Chris, have you heard of Dengue Fever before? I have heard of them, yeah. I've heard a couple uh, tracks here and there. But yeah, really impressive. Yeah, so just it's a mixture of like psychedelic rock mixed with Cambodian vintage pop. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them before. And I actually caught them in Austin for South by Southwest a few years ago. Oh, nice. It was a, kind of a muddy setup for the stage. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like tables that they had set up. So at some point, the guitar stepped on one of the tables. The legs sank in the mud. <laughs> and I caught him. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was really <laughs> crazy that way. So they're touring in support right now of their new album, The Deepest Lake. And they are playing tonight... At the Biltmore Cabaret Doors opening in about 20 minutes' time. Uh, tickets right, at the door, $15. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, Chris. <laughs> $15 at the door, 19 and older show. Watch out, Chris. Mm. Uh, if you got, bought them online, they would have been $13. So, But yeah. This song is apparently based on a Cambodian folktale about a woman with magical long hair with the ability to soak up as much water as she wants. So this will be Dengue Fever playing tonight at the Biltmore. This is going to be Ram Se Sok.
Leonardo was talking about act, that act coming to the town Wednesday, and they are playing February 11th at the Rickshaw. That was Ariel Pink without the haunted graffiti, and that was one of the songs written by the recently deceased Kim Fowley, Nude Beach A Go Go. Uh, Leonardo, one thing to learn about uh, UBC is we are close to the illustrious Wreck Beach, where Nude Beach A Go Going happens all the time. I'm not sure in this weather, though, but yeah. It's probably somebody down there. There's, there's usually somebody down there. We actually have RCMP now actually stationed there as well, too, from time to time. So just to make sure everything's okay. But also at the same time, too, make sure certain things aren't sold there. But or consumed. That, that, other things may, I'm sure, maybe <laughs> monitor as well, too. Um, but yeah, I played some uh, Kim Fowley last week. And um, he actually had wrote some of the songs on Ariel Pink's latest album, Pom Pom from his hospital bed before he passed away. And I might scatter some more songs later on, but uh, I think this week we'll sort of focus on the profile at hand. So otherwise, yeah, Ariel Pink and special guest Jack Name will be playing this Wednesday, February 11th at the Rickshaw Theatre. Doors open at 8. Show starts at 9.30. Tickets start at $20. And Leonardo, you are 19 and older, right? Yeah, 24. Okay. All but right. you, don't, you didn't have to go to that level, but ah. yeah, you are 19 plus, so. But yeah. yeah. Should be a great show. And behind me here, this is Dragos 
with a song uploaded last year onto a SoundCloud. Space is the place. And a good bit of Montreal music that way. Now, in the midst of Leonardo, your travels, was Montreal on your radar as a possible place for uh, school? Uh, no, I didn't. Ch- I, I didn't check there. I checked Calgary. I checked Edmonton and okay. Vancouver. So. Okay. And uh, yeah, no, just history. Okay, so you're just sticking Sorry. West Coast then. Yeah. Uh, are you looking elsewhere outside of Canada at all? Are you looking uh, in the states or Brazil? Yeah, I was another program in Europe, but not in journalism in uh, in system dynamics. Another area that I work with up there in Brazil. So, but their applications open open only on September. So uh, oh. we'll see. Okay, interesting. Um, Mr. Chris, yes, your experiences in Montreal. I've uh, been nothing short of excellent, except when I've been there in the winter. Uh, I, I personally, I would have I I've traveled somewhat uh, extensively, and Montreal in the summer is quite possibly my favorite place in the entire world. I've been there June for a Formula One weekend, and yeah, it was just astounding. Yeah. Just look around because it kind of reminds me a little bit for where I'm, where I'm from, which is Thunder Bay. Mm. Just the case of like just seeing the rivers, which are massive at that point, and the islands. It kind of looks like. Yeah, I mean, it definitely ties into the Great Lake system that way. Yeah, the, the but just scenery, kind of wandering around, it's just like, yeah, the scenery is beautiful. The people are amazing. The the the, the, food. the lifestyle, the food is. I mean, next to New York, I, uh, I mean, Toronto's probably got more eclectic food, uh, uh, being like the most multicultural city in the world. But yep. Montreal probably has better food. I mean, I think Montreal's just better in just about any way, shape, or form, except for the fact it has winters, and that's why I'm. Thinking. There's some very very harsh there winters. There. I was there twice for uh, Christmas and New Year's and uh, there was a point one time I was walking down the street it was minus 30 something 7 or something like that with the wind chill and I seriously considered just curling up and dying <laughs> it, it, it crossed my mind I'm, I had like a good 15 minutes to walk and I, I, I almost didn't make it so, here you are yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here because I don't live in Montreal Leonardo, what actually is the coldest you've experienced would that be in Calgary at this uh, point oh without being Calgary well Calgary I I faced minus 20, but uh, prior to Calgary, it was like plus 7 in Petropolis, which is <laughs> up on the hills in Rio de Janeiro. So, is it only that cold? plus 7. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so. What, what do people do in Brazil when it's plus 7? <laughs> I think they hide themselves. <laughs> do they, do they curl summer. up and die as well? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's like in Brazil, it's 25 plus the whole year, in Rio, 30 plus the whole year, so... What was your experience when you stepped outside into like minus twenty? Like, oh. was where was your head at? I mean, well, when I arrived in Calgary, it was the the coolest day. It was one degree, so I went to buy winter clothes, and uh, I mean, when I you know last Saturday when I left the Saddle Dome, the Flames Oilers game, it was like minus twenty five with the wind chill. Then I was like, but I was I was well dressed, so I. I don't know. I wasn't feeling that cool. You were prepared. Yeah. yeah. For some people, it just feels like they enter a wall. They basically just reach a point where it just sort of like. But uh, everything well, just smashes their face yeah. at that point. But my case uh, specifically, I, I didn't buy. Uh, no, I I bought my winter clothes here when I arrived in Calgary, and uh, it was one degrees. It, it was already my lowest, but uh, it wasn't that cold. I wasn't feeling that cold, so I went to the mall. I bought some stuff. I put them all, and then well, everything went went good. So it was the I was actually it was the the the, the only sunny day that I faced there. There was all snows and uh, for the rest of the week. And so. then you basically ditched all your winter clothes and picked up rain clothes when you came to Vancouver, right? Yeah, and I and I arrived here Saturday. I was so I flew from Calgary, so I was wearing like 
Calgary style clothing. I was like melting when I came here. Yeah. I, I was Sarah picked me up and she was like, No, it's cold here, but it's not cold. Yeah, <laughs> melting all the way. I was like with sweatpants, like but that's two, two pair of socks in the oh man. That's, that's the thing about Vancouver that I always tell people who haven't been here. I'm like, the funny thing about Vancouver and the weather here and the kinds of people that are here from around the world is on any given day, any day of the year, you walk down the street, you walk long enough, you will see somebody in shorts. You will see somebody in a sweater, and you'll see somebody in a parka. On any day of the year, yeah. you can find all three people out there. The only other thing I'd qualify that as well, too, is actually when it does get cold here, the fact that we're by the ocean, oh, yeah. that salt water, when it gets under your skin yeah. at that point, like minus 10, just having that in the air, that's bone-shaking cold. <laughs> like where I'm from, I'm used to minus 60 with wind chill, but at the same time, dude, it's just dry. You kind of step out there, like, okay, well, I'm turning into a snowflake, but at least, you know, my skin at this point basically is just like formed a crisp layer that can't be defeated as opposed to southern ontario where at that point you're just like it's minus 15 like nope i give up i can't wear anything to protect myself anymore you're right about the the air the chill from the ocean because the only other place that i've because here even though it's warmer those times where it gets cold it does chill me like right to the bone the only other place i've experienced that is when i was in scotland at night in, in the fall. I was in Scott staying at friends. The house. There. Yeah, and it was an old brick building, like stone building, and we and it, it was only probably like barely minus barely below zero. But we were inside and there's like a fire going, but I had on two sweatsuits, four blankets, I was cr- and I could not <laughs> get warm. Like the cold was in my bones. And during the day it was fine, but at night I just I couldn't. I would have set myself on fire if I thought I could get away with it. Was, it was yeah, it's pretty harsh. All right. Well, you don't have to do that here. No, thankfully, it's not that I've got a. I've got a I'm used to sort of the Helsinki ones <laughs> as well too, since the Baltic Sea. Yeah, but this, most of the time it freezes at that point, so it's okay. Anyways, uh, we're talking Montreal because we're going to play an act from there, uh, from the 2012 release Nocturne. This will be Michele with Chemistry here on Exploding Head Movie CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Hey, y'all, be sure to catch Exploding Head Movies Mondays at 7 at CITR. <laughs> and I was going to do the FM, but... All right. Take two. All right. <laughs> hey, y'all, make sure to catch... <laughs> All right, I got to make it convincing. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hi, y'all. What y'all doing
Você está ouvindo Explorando Filmes Cabeça na CITR 101.9 em Vancouver, British Columbia, Colômbia Britânica, Canadá. Um abraço, amigos do Brasil. Roll. Now back to your host, Mr. Gary Jack. Wow, I've been outclassed completely there. <laughs> I may have to actually record that. I'll grab it from the podcast later and that'll be my one of my rotational intros there that way so thank you Leonardo uh, how do you say thank you <laughs> Muito obrigado. Obrigado. that's right I've heard that before so yeah. yes you are listening to Exploding Head Movies in English this time on CITR 1.9 FM in Vancouver my name is Gak and uh, Leonardo provided the excellent Brazilian uh, translation of what I usually babble on about and this time around also joined by Chris hello hello These two prospective interested people are just visiting me here. Don't normally have too many way, way of guests here on the show, but uh, once in a while, it helps to liven things up. Mm. Although, in the end, I get distracted and I forget what I'm doing half the time, but that's okay. I'll just as long as it comes up as quality radio that way. Anyways, uh, from Toronto, what we just heard was Ebony, and Ebony has an E accent, either acute or grave, but Ebony, Ebony, Ebony? Acute is e forward, grave is back. Uh, so grav, there we go. Unless I totally typed this in wrong. So <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. Anyways, uh, that track was something I uploaded onto SoundCloud recently called Sunshine. And Ebony is the duo of Andre ER, otherwise known as Silvermane, and then Jordan Gardner. They're a relatively new combo, but they've been had quite some history in the Toronto electronic scene. And uh, Silvermane touts playing a bit more of a Detroit techno style there, while Gardner provides a little bit of a soulful R&B feel. And together, Ebony's aspiring for an EP release later in 2015 and uh, elsewhere in South America in the background uh, this is Arca with Now You Know it's off last year's Zen album and that's with an X so maybe that's Shen yeah. Xen Shen it was Arca is the alias of Venezuelan producer Alejandro Gersi and born in Caracas but he studied music in New York and he's now based in London And he's done some killer work for many an act, and most famously being one through the crew that worked on Kanye's most recent album, 2013's Yeezus. So just picture that industrial hip-hop style that way, mm -hmm. and what he provided that way. And actually, we're going to listen to our two tracks that he kind of did production on. But uh, you normally don't do Grammy talk, but Kanye running up, interrupting Beck. Almost interrupting. Almost interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> Full on hijacked. Again, standing up for Beyonce. Yeah. Well, somebody made a, somebody posted on Facebook, I can't remember uh, who it was, somebody reposted it, but he made a point of like uh, Kanye was saying about how uh, Beck needed to stand up and represent and uh, uh, realize an artist or to uh, respect an artist to Beyonce. The guy pointed out that you're talking about a guy who plays 14 instruments. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of And all of Beyonce's songs, where I think, had four different co writers on it yeah. as well. <laughs> It's music. Somehow the magic happens regardless. But yeah, Beck's Morning Phase. Great little album. Yeah. Kind of harkens back to his uh, uh, 2003 album. I forget the name of it, but sort of his breakup album at that point. I'm, okay, I'll look yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah we won't. <laughs> Everyone's staring at the ceiling <laughs> going, oh. Uh, yeah, we can always look that up later. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about Arca here. And he actually did work on Bjork's latest album, which had to have a rush release based on some leaking, but... 
We're actually going to talk about another artist who's a little bit of the news right now, which is FKA Twigs. FKA referring to formerly known as. It's the alias of uh, Tilila Debrett Barnett. Studied as a dancer. And she had the nickname Twigs growing up based on her dance style and the way her joints cracked. But uh, there was a 90s band called the Twigs out of, I think, Illinois. I may have written this down. Chicago. That's Illinois. Alt-pop twin sister act known as the Twigs, and they've been filing some trademark injunction things. So at some point, FKA Twigs may have to pick up a new alias unless some other payouts are handed out or something like that. But uh, she's been a big part of the London sort of like post-grime scene at this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, Arca did some production on her EP2, which came out in 2013. So before we get to Bjork, this is FKA Twigs off of EP2 featuring Arca on production. This will be Pappy Pacify here on Exploding Hit Movies, CITR, Vancouver.
Off our latest album, Volnacura, which features partial co-production and a couple songs co-written by the producer Arca, whom we hear behind me with another track off his Zen album, Failed. That was Björk, Goodman's daughter, with History of Touches. And Volnacura is the follow-up album to her 2011 Cosmic Thinking Biophilia, and it harkens back to her 1997 album Homogenic. But Volnacura acts as a traditional singer-songwriter album, or at least as close as Björk gets since it deals with the aftermath of her breakup with the artist-film director Matthew Barney. And Volnacura combines two words together, Volnus for wound and Cura for cure. So the idea is the album's supposed to be Cura for wounds as she explores a relationship as it fragments apart that way. Originally, Volnacura was due next month in conjunction with a book called The Bjork Archives and an art exhibition at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. 
which is designed, voted totally to Bjork, her music, and some of the artwork tied to everything going on that way. But uh, upon some early leaks, Bjork opted to rush up the release, at least digitally. So, she's planning some New York show dates around March and April. And hopefully that means into a wider tour, because I don't know if... Have you guys seen Bjork live at all? Has yeah. Bjork been to Brazil at all? I guess so, but uh, I didn't see her Okay. live. No, not to my city. Almost nobody goes to Brazil. They always go to Rio, São Paulo, sometimes Curitiba. And okay. Whatever. But you've seen Bjork then, yes. right, Chris? Okay. When, when did you see her? Toronto, way back... Uh, 84, something like that? It's or 94, sir. Okay. <laughs> really showing my age at that point. I started in 84 when she was touring. You know, early, no, Before she joined back. the Sugar Cube, she, she had right, a little exactly. 11-year-old solo album. <laughs> she did that solo tour. Yeah. But actually, the interesting point of the, of the release is the question of, with all digital leaks and, and the sort of release of music these days, in the future, I mean, is, is the album format going to be a viable format? You know, now with things like SoundCloud, with, with the whole... A digital release cycle are people just going to start releasing songs when they're finished them? I mean what really nowadays if you're not releasing a physical product what is the the concept of the album in a digital world yeah I mean at this point we see artists do things they rely on things like Bandcamp or then we see Tom York did something with uh, BitTorrent recently Mm -hmm. to release an album that way but a lot of people are now in sort of the Spotify aspect where you just pick and choose the songs you want you know if you want to listen to something you don't have to have the album you just you know bring up a YouTube channel or and with, just bring with, up SoundCloud yeah and with artists relying less and less on radio play and on actual album sales the question becomes what's the point of the album then, you know? right. if you're just releasing songs that people like if touring's where you make your money why not just release albums on a continuous trickle instead of just the, these large releases every now and then it'll be interesting to see yeah well, I think it depends on the artist approach to it because I True. think some people do perhaps think EPs or just a couple songs at a time instead of a full album and Sometimes just consider, to be consider the process of that. The process of that is you go into the studio, you create maybe 50, 60 songs, you whittle them down to 8 to 12 because you want it to fit on an album. Yeah. If the album is no longer a constraint, you can why, have why like do you, why you whittle album. it down? Exactly. Yeah. If you've got 60 songs, why release only 12 of them? Why not release 30 of them if 30 of them are good? Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, I think, in the future. Now, there's a lot of playful stuff happening that way. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we'll sort of segue slowly now into the film part of things. And uh, right now, as we slowly get to the imitation game, let's talk about the chromatics. Um, did either of you see the film Drive at all? Yep. I did not. Okay. I, I will step back. <laughs> <laughs> you can participate. But um, so, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And uh, originally, the score for that film was going to be done by Johnny Jewell, who's worked with bands like Chromatics, Glass Candy, Desire. And he heads up the Italians Do It Better label. So with kind of what happened with Drive, Ryan Gosling actually has his directorial debut called Lost River, which came out a couple months ago. Uh, it bombed somewhat in Cannes when it came out, but it's going to be popping up slowly this year. I think it's going to be at the Southwest, Southwest Film Festival. It also might be on video on demand. And what happened is for Gosling, he actually asked Jewel if he could do the score for it. And originally Jewel was supposed to do Drive, but then... The director, Nicholas Winding Heffen, I can never get the Danish name right, opted to go with Cliff Martinez instead. And Jewel had sort of an alternative soundtrack for it. But Jewel, this time around, did a score. It will be coming out shortly through Italians Do It Better. And a single of the main theme has come out and actually features three of the vocalists from three of those bands. So it mm-hmm. features uh, Ruth Radlett from Chromatics, Ida No from Glass Candy, 
and Megan Louise from Montreal from Desire. We'll slowly also get into some new John Carpenter as well, too, so we might talk mm. a little bit of horror afterwards. But from the soundtrack to Lost River, this will be the chromatics with the love theme, otherwise known as Yes. just rich people that own the media. I own my 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 media. The Media Co-op is a grassroots national news network that's owned by its members. Join us today at mediacoop.ca/join. 
ocean, border, sub, urban, dispersal, determinacy, mulatto, mestizo, Métis, Cabra, Eurasian, Creole, colored, colored, split. Those who have no history are doomed. An excerpt from The Reinventing Wheel, spoken by author, Vancouver poet, Wade Compton. Celebrate Black History Month with CITR 101.9 FM as we host content exploring black history in Vancouver and beyond. Tune in this February and check out CITR.ca for regular updates on the scheduling of our Black History Month programming.
Wish I could have let that go a little bit longer, but uh, time is always getting tight. But uh, separating his music from film for the first time ever, that was John Carpenter we heard there. Off his new album, Lost Themes, that was mystery. And uh, Carpenter's a legendary director, ranging from films like Dark Star to Escape from New York, Assault on Precinct 13, the original Halloween, to They Live. And for most of his films, not only did he direct it and write it, he actually wrote the music for it as well, too. So it was always like a minimalist synthesizer feel, very moody, almost like dreadful that way. And Carpenter, based on like how modern Hollywood is working right now, no one's able to fund any of his films at all right now. So he hasn't actually made a film since, I think, 2010's Ward, which was his first film since 2001's Ghost of Mars. But at this point right now, it seems like his musical influence is lasting a little bit longer than his film influence, because the films right now of his have been remade a fair bit, but they've kind of lost that weird, like, stark menace that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, for uh, Lost Themes, these aren't forgotten songs that were left off soundtracks at all. These were new songs that he wrote with family. Because his son, Cody Carpenter, is also a member of the prog band Ludium. And then their mutual friend, Daniel Davies, uh, is a lead singer and guitarist for year-long disaster. And actually helped write some of the songs for last year's film, I, Frankenstein. So, Leonardo, Chris, John Carpenter fans? Yeah. Yeah, fans of his earlier stuff. I, I don't think I followed him necessarily, but, uh, you know, always stumbled across his stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched him. I don't remember in a while, but I like Christine a lot. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The adaptation. Yeah. Um, Stephen King's. Uh, like, I, I love the, the climate theory there. I mean, it was so Yeah, great. they live, especially yeah. just for that fist they fight live, in the alley. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the greatest fist fight ever in a film. Yeah. yeah. Put on the glasses! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In the background, this is a Matoko with uh, Rima Visits a Palm Tree in Paris, and this is off last year's Inner Life EP. And before we get into this week's Oscar-nominated score, it's time for one of the Oscar-nominated songs, plus one of the neglected songs that uh, should have been nominated. And we're going to go with a song off of a film called Beyond the Lights, a romantic drama, and uh, written directed by Gina Prince by the Wood. And uh, Grateful is going to be performed by the Kosovan Albanian English singer Rita Ora. But it's written by Diane Ward, who has been a long-time songwriter. Uh, she's written thousands of songs over the past 30 years, and she's actually been nominated seven times, or actually six times in the past for the Oscars. And this will be her first nomination, so her seventh in total since 2002's Pearl Harbor, There You'll Be. So expect a little bit of a power ballad of sorts here. But then we'll follow up with something from the Hunger Games bit. But yeah, this will be Rita Ora with the Oscar-nominated song from the film Beyond the Lights. This will be Grateful. Left me battered and bruised And I was shattered Had my heart ripped in two I was broken I was broken There were a lot of times I stumbled and crashed When I was on the edge Down to my last chance So many times When I was so convinced That I was over I was over But I had to fall 
drowning in doubt The weight of all the pain was weighing me down Pulled it together and I pulled myself out Learned a lesson, learned a lesson That there's a lot you gotta go through, hell yes But that's what got me strong, I got no regrets And I got only love, got no bitterness Count my blessings, count my blessings sound of compost and recyclables going into the garbage. Garbage that ends up in the landfill creating greenhouse gases. This is the sound of a more sustainable campus. You can make a difference when you sort it out. Learn more at sustain.ubc.ca slash sort it out. Playing your favorite songs for 13 years. The morning what? The morning after whatever you did last night. Live music, local talents, and music you won't hear anywhere else. The morning after show. Every Tuesday, 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. at CITR 101.9 FM.
So, from New Zealand, that was Lord with Yellow Flicker Beats, and that's off last year's soundtrack that she curated to the third film of The Hunger Games. I guess, not really trilogy anymore, because they're splitting up the last film into two parts, which seems to be kind of a modern thing. That's, yeah, all so, trilogies are now 4Gs or whatever. Quadrilogies? Yeah, so from Mockingjay Part 1, that was Yellow Flicker Beat. And Lord, known to family as Ella Maria Lani Yellick O'Connor, has been on a tear since her 2013 album Pure Heroin. And Yellow Flicker Beat was nominated for a Golden Globe last month, but lost to John and Legend and Common's song Glory from the film Selma. And Glory itself is up for an Oscar. And I played that a couple of weeks ago, but Yellow Flicker Beat wasn't. But the song we heard before was Rita Ora with the Diane Warren penned Grateful from Beyond the Lights. And next week, we'll listen to the final Best Original Song nominee, 
And apparently the final song, apparently to be ever written and performed by country and western star Glenn Campbell from a documentary about him. Behind me, this is DMX Crew with a track off his 2012 EP, East Side Boogie, called Turing Test. And in computer talk, when you try to perform a Turing test on someone, you're trying to use, determine if that person could identify if the questions or statements being posed are coming from another person or a computer. And the Turing test gets its name from Alan Turing. And amongst all of his amazing feats, well, he was one of the people responsible for cracking the German code known as Enigma. And Alan Turing is the subject of the film The Imitation Game, which is up for eight Oscars, one of which is for Best Score, which we're about to listen to at least an excerpt of here on Exploding Head Movies. And it's done by Alexandre Desplat, Frenchman who did the score also for another nominated film this year, The Grand Budapest Hotel. And uh, the great Benedict Cumberbatch stars as Alan Turing, a mathematician who helped with Britain's war effort, but also kind of hiding his homosexuality as well, too. So it was the consequences of helping the state, while the state eventually didn't really help him out at all. And Desplat only had two and a half weeks to compose the score, which is pretty typical for film scores itself, because the last thing you usually do for a film is write the music for it, because everything else is usually edited. There's usually some feedback upon final edits, but usually the music is the last, because it's usually timed to everything that happens on screen. But Desplat is more than comfortable with it, because he's done tons of films. He's mostly prolific, because along with Grand Budapest Hotel, he did uh, George Clooney's The Monuments Men, the recent Godzilla reboot, and Angelina Jolie's Unbroken. So pay attention here to the piano, because it's supposed to represent Turing's mind and the mechanics of the uh, machine that broke Enigma. And as well, too, tying into the computer theme, some of the music was actually scored randomly by a computer. So the arpeggios you hear will be generated randomly. So this will be the London Symphony Orchestra. We'll start off with the main theme.
many ways. I should have planned the profile a little bit earlier so we don't have to always have to shorten it, but this is the London Symphony Orchestra here, performing Alexander Desplat's Oscar-nominated score to the Imitation Game. So we started off with the main theme, then we heard Alan, one of the main motifs that trickles throughout. Then we heard some of those arpeggios pop up for this track, U-Boats, referring to the German submarines. They're always causing difficulty in this channel. And we're talking over a little bit of crosswords here. And along with the piano, um, there's some mild electronic elements, but there's also a celeste harp to add a bit of the sense of the vertigo. But Desplat indicated that he used the piano to represent Turing's mind and the mechanics of the machine, just a way of capturing the way the fast mind of a genius can work. And most likely I'll end up talking over the machine Christopher, which is the fake name that they gave one of the code-breaking things. Because originally if you go to Bletchley Park in Oxfordshire, um, Victory was the name of one of the code-breakers that was used to actually crack the Enigma code. Uh-huh. And most likely I'll end up talking over running as well, too. So, Chris, as a person in the computing field, how would you mark Alan Turing's uh, contributions to society? Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the cornerstones of the whole uh, beginnings of the origins of, of sort of computing in general, you know. Uh, a shame his life's only uh, been recently been brought to light. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, without him, I don't think we'd be where we are technically today. You know, it, it probably spurred a lot of the military funding of, of electronics, of, of, of the computing in general, that kind of got us off the launch pad as far as yeah. that. So when we were talking about artificial intelligence before, mm-hmm. that was something that he was definitely driving for as well. Right. But he also fueled a lot of things that we use by standards, almost like subroutines, mm-hmm. algorithms, and then other sort of ways of like Fourier analysis. Like yep. the idea of quickly calculating something just using a really fast calculation to eventually average down exactly. to... Exactly. To get, yeah, approximations until you can close in on it instead of trying to get the exact answer the first That's time. That's right. Yeah. So despite all the contributions he provided, um, not to provide like a massive spoiler, but if you know the history of Alan Turing, the thanks that he got from the UK government was that he was persecuted for his homosexuality and he had a choice of going to jail but he opted to get chemically castrated. And in the end, he committed suicide because of the after effects that it caused to him. And so he only lived to the age of 41. And yeah, all the contributions he provided in that We're time. We're all pre-41, yeah. Only, you can imagine what he could have done had he been left to his own devices. Just imagine like, how much further we could have gone. Yeah, so true. The actor Benedict Cumberbatch, who is actually nominated for Best Actor for the film as well, too, for his role as Alan Turing, has advocated not only a proper amnesty for Alan Turing, which I think the government of the United Kingdom provided last year. I believe so, yeah. But also anyone else who fell under that indecent act that lasted for like 80 or 90 years. Because there's a whole bunch of people that were convicted. Like Oscar yeah. Wilde, for instance, had to do yeah. hard labor for two years. So Yeah, interesting. Oscar Wilde, actually, there's a, a big fan of... Uh, oh, I forget his name now, but he, the QI uh, guy, Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry. And he did a, a story, and he talks a lot about uh, Oscar Wilde. And it's interesting that... Uh, if you know, I don't know if you know anything about Middle East and that. You'll see in Middle East men walking around holding arm in arm all constantly. That's right. And yeah. in other, other places uh, outside of sort of Western uh, society, men, it's very common for men to embrace and hold hands and walk around. Yeah, I remember seeing that in Indonesia and throughout yeah. Southeast Asia. Apparently that was also quite common in the UK and other Western plates up until uh, it was, I believe, it was called something along the, the Oscar Wilde law or statute where it was as a way to get Oscar Wilde to get him. They, they uh, prosecuted him for homosexual because he was 
walking around embracing men in that. And that created such a rift in society that men no longer embraced. And that's what created sort of the whole stoic system of men oh, within Western society. Of not holding lip. hands, of yeah. not the upper lip, of having a distance. And yeah, yeah it's quite interesting. It's, it's sad, too. Very. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, Imitation Game up for eight Oscars in total. So it is up for Best Picture of the Year, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress with Kira Knightley. Uh, best Director by uh, the Norwegian Morten Tildum for his English language debut. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Editing, and Best Production Design. So, my favorite thing about the Imitation Game is the New York Times indicated that there was a warning based on film contains illicit sex, cataclysmic violence, and advanced mathematics. So, <laughs> beware. On that note, uh, that wraps up this episode of Exploding Head Movies. Here, uh, coming up in a few minutes, it is Gavin Walker with the Jazz Show. And he'll take you to midnight. So next week, we will take a look at the fifth and final nominated score. Gary Yershon's work for another British biopic film. This one called Mr. Turner, based on the 19th century painter. Uh, you can always catch up on the podcast. Just look on www.citr.ca. You can email me at freegack at gmail.com. Otherwise, um, yeah, we'll have one last Alan Turing track from Matmos. And this actually samples one of the Enigma Machine breaking things. So again, from the f- four Alan Turing EP... This is Matt Most with Enigma Machine for Alan Turing. My name is Gak. I want to thank Leonardo for visiting us from Brazil. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I didn't know I was going to be on the air. So. That's okay. Anyways, I'm going to be back on Wednesday here, I guess, for Science Manchester Highlight. Anyway, and uh, next Monday, I'll be listening back on my headquarters in Brazil. All right. Show. Well, thank you for uh, listening from a distance. 1 a.m. Oh, 1 a.m. 1 to 3. Chris, right. thank you for stopping by. Gary, thank you for having me. Hopefully you go through the training here at CITR. You have your very own show. You share your dulcet tones on air. And at the same time, too, both of you are welcome to come back anytime. So you've been listening to Exploding Head Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver.
You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker coming right up.